If you fellas don't mind, I prepared a little hat trick haiku to kick off the pod. Scoring like magic. Ooh, baby, that must feel good. Celebrate big time. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> I was so ready for like a rhyme. No, it's a haiku, Jones. I know. I know. It, it just, expand your palette, your poetry palette, my, my man. I was, because you said magic, and I was like, oh, hat trick is coming, and then it never came, and I was, <laughs> I was so disappointed. That would have been better. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you once again from Chicago and Minnesota. We're here to talk Premier League, game week four, full of goals, kerfuffles, and yes, hat tricks. Actually, a hat trick of hat tricks, only the second time ever that three separate players recorded hat tricks in the same weekend, Evan Ferguson, Erling Holland, and Sun Hyung Min. We are a couple of days behind, given some inconvenient power outages, but that's what the international break is for. So we're going to jump right in. Icy, hit me with a storyline that you were focused on this past Premier League weekend. The storyline this week, big signings showing up and proving their worth. First, you're going to go with Slobo, Sozbo (laughs) for Liverpool. (laughs) I cannot pronounce his name, but it's okay. You guys know who I'm talking about. Scoring an absolute world-class goal uh, to start uh, kick off the scoring in the match against Aston Villa. And they go on to cruise. It was a very weird game. It didn't really seem like Aston Villa was trying. Happy Liverpool got the dub. So Declan Rice scoring a late 90 plus six minute winner. James Madison scoring against Burnley in Tottenham's big win. He's got two goals and two assists so far this season. And then even some uh, non-Premier League players showing up. Jude Bellingham scoring a late winner for Madrid. And... Uh, that was it. That's my only other non-Premier uh, League player. But big big names, big signings. They got a lot of hype uh, during the transfer market. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of money, a lot of dollars spent. And it looks like it's paying off. In these this game week, they score goals, they influence matches, and their team's got results. Captain America as well, Christian Pulisic. Every time I, I look, him and Bellingham have scored for their respective Italian and Spanish sides. So that's fun to see. Good job. My storyline, and again, it, this is purely feels. This is purely vibes. But I'm getting vibes that teams are just looking tired. They're looking tired at the end, of, the tail end of these games. And I don't know if I just haven't been looking for it before, or if it's just like the beginning of the season and, and they're building their match fitness. If it's the heat from this early part of the season and, and the extended summer. Or, you know, is it the extended time itself at the end of these games? But I, I really do feel like in like the 85th minute onward, there have been a couple games. If I were more prepared and actually taking my notes, I would have cited some sources. But it really does feel like the majority of the games I've seen around the 85th minute, defenses are just looking like abnormally slow, abnormally sluggish. If there hasn't been a sub made, uh, it's ripe for someone to just run right through them. 
I'm curious to see if this is going to continue, if this is just an isolated moment in time. Um, but it, I, I'm not sure if anyone else is kind of picking up on this. It just feels like maybe maybe these games are a little longer. These guys are looking a little more tired. The plus 10 makes a big difference, at least to the viewer. And I've heard people talk about the goals, but not the fatigue yet. So there's there's another side to that story for sure. Final storyline of the week. Was this Sunday at the Masters? Because, boy, did some games get a little chippy this weekend. <laughs> Two in particular I want to call out. Uh, Brentford, Bournemouth. We had Justin Clivert, son of Patrick Clivert. And uh, Matthias Jensen of Brentford both got into it after Jensen kicked out at him well post-tackle. Um, and that game got pretty heated. A lot of back and forth pushing. Ended up in a draw. We'll get to, to talk more about the games themselves. Also, Crystal Palace Wolves, Jordan Ayu of Palace and Ait Nori of Wolves really butted heads there. Um, kind of forgot about the ball, went at each other. You know, this is still in the soccer realm. We're not talking boxing matches, but I figured Icy especially would love that level of competitiveness, getting each other's face, fighting spirit. So love to see it from some of those mid-table teams that are fighting for the same spots early on in the season. Let's get into the games. Why not? First game of the week, West Ham Luton on Friday. West Ham won two to one with a late consolation Luton goal. I believe their first goal of the Premier League. So exciting for them, but they still did go down two to one to a Jared Bowen and Kurt Zuma goals for West Ham. Did not watch this game. Um, actually, I did watch a little bit of it, and it seemed like a West Ham route. This game was devastating, not only, well, only for fantasy reasons for me, <laughs> because West Ham giving up the shutout forced me to end up losing this week because I lost by one point. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, 90 plus two minute. Maybe this goes to what Jones was saying about uh, legginess, fatigue at the end of matches because they really let up at the end there. Second game of the match week, Sheffield Everton 2-2. A bit more exciting and more goals than most folks would have expected, including an own goal from Jordan Pickford. This was a this was a, a, a yeah like a little bit of an open game. Uh, I think two teams recognizing that uh, this could very well be the uh, opponent. Their opponent is who will keep them up um, as they they fall into that 18th position. Yeah, Pickford had a great save at the end of the game. In goes the corner. Not a great highlight if you're you're cl- you know hanging on by a thread uh, against against Sheffield. Every other team in the league will be exceedingly excited to um, to see one of these teams in, in uh, twice uh, over the the rest of the the season. Third matchup of the game week, a bit more of a blowout. Man City five to one over Fulham. The usual cast of characters. Holland with his first hat trick of the season. Julian Alvarez scored. Ake scored, which was a surprise. Man City, funny fact, also a fun fact. They only had five shots on target and five goals. So they did blow out Fulham, but they just finished their chances. Once again, Holland is just cementing himself as as a uh, robot. Hat trick. It's his seventh hat trick, I think, in in his career, in his very young career already. This team is not fair. It's truly not fair to the point that they they, if anything, they had a goal. One of their first goals was uh, there was a hot interference call that wasn't made, where um, Akanji was in in the site 
of the goalie and, and Fulham made a big stink of it. Long season ahead of us, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that, much, that long of a season for City. Closer game where the big dog did go down. Nottingham Forest, Chelsea. Nottingham Forest, 1-0 on the road. Anthony Alanga, your Manchester United youngster who I had to look up afterwards. Is this alone? Is this for real? And he is on Nottingham Forest, and he scored, and he played well, and they won 1-0, which is really impressive. I think this is their first away victory in a very long time at Chelsea. Yeah, I did watch this match. Pretty disappointing from a Chelsea perspective. They dominated. First five minutes, I remember Sterling having chances. You know, Nico Jackson was like usually, and he has been all season so far, one foot away, like one step behind the play. Uh, he should have three, four, five goals this season already. It just seems they just, once they connect, they'll, they'll be scoring goals. But you got to really... They, yeah, really disappointing for Chelsea at home to lose 1-0 Nottingham Forest against the run of play. Uh, they're going to have to bounce back. Shout out to new Nottingham Forest fan, Meredith, who I live with, and now I have a reason to support Nottingham Forest, so that's been exciting. Also, Nottingham Forest manager Steve Cooper praised his players for executing a strong game plan. If you look at how tactically well we were set up when we, when we won the ball, and then to have that technical and athletic ability and put it together in creating and scoring the goal, T obviously with the assist and Anthony's brilliant finish, is something that we talked about how we could hurt Chelsea. So, um, um, and then after that, it it, uh, it was just about keeping the clean sheet, and there's no shame in that. Heading back to more goals. We had Tottenham 5-2 over Burnley, Sun with the second hat-trick of the game week, two out of three. They just, they piled it on. 5-2, they were not stopping, even though they went down early. Ange ball, they've looked calm, they've looked collected, and they're just scoring a shit ton of goals. So it's a, it's a whole new Tottenham Spurs. Yeah, it really makes a huge difference when they they uh, have allowed another player to step in and play that creative in between the lines, center attacking mid position, that the Madison role. Um, he he's he's creating things. He's pulling defenders to him and allowing other people to run into gaps. It's just a very complete team. I don't think there's a lot of uh, weak holes. I, I, and conversely, it's not like they have an exceptionally uh, dangerous attack or uh, exceptionally stout defense. It just seems very well balanced across the board. I said it last time, I'll say it again. I think when they play Arsenal and Liverpool at the end of September, provided both of those teams are also healthy, will really test just how uh, complete this Tottenham team is. They did move Sun up top, which we talked about last week because I was frustrated with his fantasy output. They moved him up top. He responded with a hat trick. I expect to see him up top and Richarlison coming off the bench going forward. We, we shall see. Brentford, Bournemouth, 2-2. A tightly contested game with... Mbwemo for Brentford, who's been on fire this season. He scored probably the goal of the week. Mbumo bearing down on goal. Brian Mbumo! And in the dying moments of this game, Brian Mbumo looks to have saved the point for Thomas Frank's team. Check that one out if you haven't. Tight game, 2-2, Brentford-Bournemouth. Solanke's looking good. He's curious how many game weeks he's scored now. It feels like he's scored... Maybe every other two two game weeks. To our third of the three hat tricks, Brighton three one over Newcastle. This was the 
afternoon game on Saturday, the marquee matchup in which youngster Evan Ferguson scored probably it has to be his first ever hat trick and put the team on his back to take down Newcastle, who struggled a bit to start this season. Yeah, I I I couldn't I wasn't able to watch this one live, but I was getting the updates. Ferguson, what a great game. Kind of kind of blew up. I know that the boys were talking about him last season. Uh, I had my doubts. I hadn't seen much, but he's he's the real deal. Um, Brighton just looking really good. Newcastle. We'll talk about them later in this episode, but you know they're having a rough start. Granted, I think their their difficulty of matches has been up there for sure. But tough, tough start. Um, Brighton looking looking good. They definitely bounce back from game week three. So. they're on the right foot. Newcastle, they've got to they've got to figure it out. Yeah, you can point to scheduling and say playing City, Liverpool, Brighton three in a row is is pretty exhausting, and you're you're bound to come out of that looking a little iffy. But their their match with City wasn't that. I mean that that was a now that I think about it, that was a pretty tightly contested game. Could have potentially at least come out as a tie. The loss to Liverpool really was a was a massive crumble. Um, and then this Brighton downfall, uh, I, I think maybe with some of the commentators speaking to the fact that it seems like Newcastle last year had a lot of momentum, a lot of wind in their sails. It feels as if they've lost that mojo and are now needing to re-establish uh, their their equilibrium. So we'll see. But it, clearly, if they don't write the write their ship against more middling teams. Yeah, maybe maybe we need to start talking about Eddie Howe. Yeah, like Eddie Howe's he still have his job. <laughs> still got it, baby. Am I am I am I right? <laughs> Quick pop quiz on Evan Ferguson. Only three other players have scored more Premier League goals before their nineteenth birthday. Can either of you name one of those three players? Or two or three? Rooney. That's one. Before their nineteenth birthday? Uh Walcott? No, but that's a good guess. FIFA 12 through 14 players absolutely remember Walcott's overwhelming pace. Ronaldo? No, he wasn't that young. Robbie Fowler? No. Gerard. The other two were Michael Owen. Oh. And Francis Jeffers. Who? Yeah, so apologies, Francis. I'm sure you're a legend. Maybe his career didn't pan out. We'll have to do some some research post-pod. Moving on to our Sunday slate of games. In the morning, we had a pretty exciting one. Crystal Palace 3-2 over Wolves. Again, a lot of goals. Some of these teams finally finding their the, the back of the net more than they have to, to start the year. So Eze on my fantasy team, he finally got on the score sheet. Eduard, two goals for Palace, and they beat Wolves 3-2. This uh, this Wolves team, I, I can't I can't figure out if we should be worried about them or or, or not. Um, I think losing Mate- Mateus Nunez to City is is going to hurt in the long run. But um, th- they were in the game. I mean, it, it was a competitive game. Just uh, Odson Edward, who really has been a ghost, non non existent player for most of his tenure here, shows up, makes a difference, and Eze. Again, I haven't watched a whole lot of him this season just yet, but dude's definitely got an aura about him. He's definitely, he's definitely trying to be him. I don't give a fuck what nobody thinks. I'm him. Yeah, I think this is sort of a case of CP overperforming these first four game weeks. I think they're pretty high. They're seventh in the table right now. Wolves are 15th. 
Wolves will finish around where they are. They just don't look like a complete team. CP, though, top 10 would be surprising to me. Um, so I think they're having a good a good, good bit of fun now. I don't think it's going to last. Good prediction. I'm with you there, I see. Last two games, one for each of you as supporters. First, Liverpool 3-0 over Aston Villa. Big statement game from Liverpool, especially as Aston Villa had... Picked up some steam to start the year. They got some new fans. Diaby, some transfers look good. And Liverpool said, nah, starting with that third-minute goal from, uh, from Dominic, who, whose last name shall not be named. Exciting win for, uh, for Liverpool, Ice. Yeah, it was, it was a great game. You know, um, Slozo <laughs> scoring uh, in the third minute was awesome. His goal was just... Just amazing. You got to watch it if you haven't. But then they kind of went in, you know, the team kind of went into, dare I say, a little bit of boring old Liverpool soccer in terms of just playing in the back, kind of trying to force Aston Villa. It seemed like they were trying to coax Aston Villa to pressure a little closer onto the back defenders and they weren't biting. So it was a lot of slow passes in the back, which does get a little boring. Um, Oh, well, we ended up winning 3-0 because... Liverpool, you know, they do the little defensive passing and then they slice it through the middle with some um, inter inter level playing, you know, through the through the defenses. So it worked. Um, I actually really wanted Diaby to get one or at least get an assist because for fantasy reasons, I did not want this Liverpool shutout and it really irked me. So just more fantasy stuff. Yes, I lost by one point. So everything matters. So uh, just some extra annoyances there. Can't have it all. Your team's got to win or you win in fantasy. Life just doesn't work that way, okay? It must. <laughs> this was the best that Trent looked. Would you agree? Best game of the season so far for Trent? Yes, with the added little tidbit of Aston Villa's attack really didn't come to play. I don't know. I really don't know why they, they seem like their game plan was to let Liverpool play in the back and then at times try and do the counterattacks. They had a couple chances where... You know, my boy Diaby was was really close um, with the assist. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Trent, Trent did look – I mean, his passing was excellent. He uh, – I think he had the assist to Mo. Maybe he had two assists, actually. I think he did have two assists. I think uh, Dominic's goal counts as his off the corner. So he – and he just passed the – he just passed a couple greats, uh, Mata and someone else for the most assists or, like, number of assists in the Premier League. The uh, this Ashton Villa team, I, I I'm trying to figure out because you know I have a player or two in my fantasy team. Like, is this team actually good or not? Getting smacked opening opening day five one to Newcastle and then getting shut out and and getting pretty handedly uh, beaten in the end three zero um, at Liverpool. I mean, both away games granted, both very tough and complete com- uh, opponents. Um, and to your point, Icy. It wasn't like Villa didn't have some chances. There were a couple moments in there that had they made the right decision in the right moment, that could have it could have changed the 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 momentum of the game. Um, that said, it doesn't look good for a Villa side that's supposed to be touted as um, you know top six, top seven contender potentially. Final game of match week four: Arsenal, Man U. 
big teams, big game. Jones and I watched together, and it was very exciting for 50 seconds after Rashford scored in the 27th minute until Odegaard scored maybe 60 seconds later. Uh, went to the bathroom, came back, and there was a very different atmosphere. So that was a that was a, a tough finish, Jones, for what was a very exciting game up until the 96th minute. Speaking of long games, extra, extra time, 96th minute, Arsenal scored to go up 2-1, big Declan Rice goal, and then they score again, Jesus, in the 11th minute of injury time to win 3-1. Interesting game. I, I think I think from a neutral's perspective, I, I imagine, the it was a pretty engaging game. It wasn't a ton of shots. It wasn't uh, super back and forth, but you definitely had two, you know, generally better teams that were actually starting to probe and make things happen. That said, United's best passer and ball player in the first half was Onana, which I don't think is a ringing endorsement for uh, their offensive potential. Conversely, Arsenal coming out and playing and, and winning the way they did um, I, I'm not sure that they also are leaving the game feeling too confident about, about their team. Uh, this United team ended the game with freaking Maguire and Johnny Evans in their back line. And it took until the 96th minute for this Arsenal team to, uh, to, to break through off of a deflected shot that you know, no one was really going to stop. Um, interesting game. I, I, think this, I think this United team is in trouble. At, like, you know, gameplay and then legally, it sounds like almost any player they have is in some sort of legal trouble. We'll see. It, it, it is, it's a, it's a tough feeling. I was thinking this about Newcastle getting, getting pretty handily taken care of by Brighton before this na- international break. It's, that's got to be, you know, sore. This United team, not only did you lose, but, you know, they're just losing off the field as well. It's just, yeah, whatever. Look, Arsenal, good for them. I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to get in trouble. Good good for them. Good job. Yeah, I won't say too much, but as a, as a kind of a spectator um, watching the match, and, you know, of course, there's some fantasy players in the mix. So I was cheering for <laughs> Arsenal because I had a hell of players on the squad. Um, you know, I thought that, and, and I always need to remind myself before I speak too too poorly about uh, the first half for United, that some, some teams actually want to take on a lot of the pressure, but it seemed like Arsenal was just bombarding them with attack and attack. And t- I mean, I had Saka on my fantasy, and I was stoked. He kept getting the ball. They kept trying to jam it down the right side, slicing in to Odegaard to like try and get something going. Uh, to United's credit, they kept you know deflecting at the last moment or you know making the tough defensive play to get it out. But when when United would try and break out of this press, it was so quickly demolished or the flame was put out extinguished very quickly by Arsenal so I thought I felt like Arsenal really dominated the midfield definitely for the first half that I I caught Ten Hag and if he wanted to do that I don't know how much he wanted to granted they did score off the counterattack with Rashford which was nice great play from Rashford um I think Ten Hag would will really probably in the in the next matchup later in the season will will look at that midfield play and probably want to switch stuff up this was Arsenal legend Ian Wright after their go-ahead goal. Yes! Gotta be a foul. Come on! That's a foul, though. So, very Arsenal fans, very excited, even though they they squeaked that one out. Let's finish this episode up with our shout-out of the week. 
I'm a little worried, Jones. We might have the same shout out. So why don't you go and then you go first? Me go first. If we have the same shout out, how shocked would you be? Very. Based on your shout out. Very. Okay. <laughs> My shout out is for silent discos. I was at a wedding this past weekend after the regular wedding ceremony, dancing, it turned into a silent disco. That was my first ever silent disco, and it was just a great vibe, great time. Shout out to silent discos. Can can confirm was also at this wedding. What a, what a just great concept. What a, what a relatively, I, don't, I actually don't know what the cost was, but it's just a simple <laughs> idea. I, I imagine it's got to be perhaps more cost-effective than like buying an actual live band where you're supplying the music with your own Spotify or you know whatever account. Great time. Your shout out, Jones. Uh, my shout out of the week is Silent Disco. No, my, uh, my. Oh God, I knew this was gonna happen. Um, my my shout out of the week is Construction. Um, I uh, I don't like it, and I don't get the point of it. Um, it it's just like the thing that the thing that here, here's my here's my thing. All right. And it's, you know, this is my shout out. This is construction is on the hot seat. Okay. It's on the hot seat because I'll tell you what, it's 2023 and we're still like putting down asphalt that needs to get like replaced and it's going to slow down all this thoroughfare for, you know, days, weeks at a time. We're not at a, we're not at a place in society where we just have, you know, streets that last like way longer than it. Like what, what is going on? I look, I'm rattled. I'm very rattled and I'm upset. Con- concrete, it's a concrete construction and hard helmets all, all, in, all in the hot seat today. <laughs> if you're a construction worker listening to this pod, we respect you, but we don't respect your game, okay? Because AI is going to be doing construction soon and it won't make any noise. So Jones won't have anything to be bothered about in five years from now. So just watch out. All right. I'm actually continuing on with Jonesy's uh, segue for the seat, for the hot seat. We're doing the icy hot seat segment here. I'm skipping my shout out. I want, I'm going to call on both of you two separate times. Give me, give me some quick 30, 30 seconds to one minute sound bites here. Eli, we'll start with you. We talked about it earlier in the pod, but Eddie Howe, hot seat or not? New, you know, Newcastle manager having lost three matches of the first four games. What do you think? I'm going to go not seat for Eddie Howe because Newcastle had such a strong finish last year. They're playing in multiple competitions this year. If they can at least have a respectable showing in Champions League, even if they don't finish top four in the Prem, but finish sixth or seventh, I don't think he gets fired. I think the fans like him. Maybe he's established a relationship with the ownership group, and I think he'll be around next year. Well done. Jonesy, for you. Two players who have noticeably had tough starts to this season. Who is more in the hot seat of these two players? First one being Havertz on Arsenal. Next being Richarlison on Tottenham. That's a, that's an easy one. It's Havertz by by a long shot. Just because um, Richarlison's kind of turned into a bit of a meme. He's a little bit of a joke. And there there's like no expectation for him on, on these teams. The absence of Kane doesn't uh, put more of a spotlight on Richarlison. It, it, I mean, technically it does. He does have more game time, but you know, him not scoring is is you know almost the uh, expectation. Whereas Havertz now, 
uh, I mean, homeboy whiffing on that open shot against United was one of those moments where I thought I was watching a United player for a moment and saying, oh, I, wow, what a nice feeling that that's not uh, insert any United forward over the past decade. Um, and then he, you know, has that square ball that then leads to the United counter. It, it just like anything that could go wrong did go wrong for, for Havertz. So without a doubt, Havertz is uh, very much in the hot seat. And, and I feel for him, if anything. I, I wish him the best. All right. Thank you, boys. Last one for both of you. We'll start with Eli. I want this to be about 10, 15 seconds. Quick. First three teams come to your mind that are going to get relegated at this, you know, right now. Who do you think? Luton Town. Burnley and I'll go Bournemouth. They've looked, they've had showed some fun. Actually, no, Sheffield, Luton, Burnley, Sheffield, three teams. Jonesy, any changes? Um, I like the Luton and the Sheffield shouts. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I, I need to switch it up a little bit. Uh, let's go throw me, throw me a little, uh, I like Bournemouth. Liverpool? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Uh, you know what? Frick it. Give me, give me Everton. I, I don't yes. really believe that take, but, but why not? Luton Sheffield. I was waiting Everton. for an Everton prediction. That would make my year. Thank you, boys. That's Icy's hot seat. Definitely gonna keep the icy hot seat segment going forward. So look out for that if you you stick around with us throughout the Premier League season. With that, we will bid you adieu. Enjoy the international break. Hopefully, you're on an international break. Because wouldn't that be lovely? And we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye-bye.